for community. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus IHR radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to But what if I want to? Hi, 908 on this uh, Trump Day. Don't got time. April 25th, it is your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, all major school districts in the greater Tucson area close tomorrow and Friday and who knows how long. They're they're putting out statements saying, we don't know, it could be Monday. We don't know when this is. And they're calling it a, it's not a walkout. It's a strike. They're on freaking strike. Ugh, we'll see what happens. Second thing that I think you need to know, Noah Carvelis, the uh, Tolleson music teacher that's the brains behind the Red for Red movement, doing all the interviews, he's the one firing them all up. He is a hardcore progressive nutjob, anti-capitalist, you name it. I mean, it's just, I have the story on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. It's on there. I also tweeted it out, at uh, at Garrett Lewis. Follow me there. And this guy is literally out of his mind. Um, he, He tweeted out a month ago, Two personal favorite parts of Red for Ed so far, seeing educators get empowered and the incredible discussions. This has started with my students on workers' rights, labor movements, civil disobedience, and fighting for necessary social change. That's one thing. He said that, uh, you ready? You ready? This is, this is great. Um, teaching is political and silence is complicity. Really? Okay, great. He says it's, uh, you have to... He tweeted this, things more educators should discuss, especially if they work with young white men in the classroom in 2018. He's white also. One, gender, feminism, and me too. Two, race, three, gun violence. This is the guy that's running this, and the teachers are walking out based on this guy's rhetoric. Third thing I think you need to know, Debbie Lesko wins the uh, the special election up in the Sun City area. Uh, won it pretty easily over the Democrat, despite the media like, oh, this could, the Dems have their eye on this. All right, no chance. Three things I think you need to know. All right, let's go to the calls. Your reaction to all this stuff, the teachers. I mean, uh, I mean, we had great calls in the first hour of the show. This is the hell of a show. And if you missed it all, right on the whole podcast up by 11 o'clock. iHeartRadio.com, search Garrett Lewis, you'll get it. And I'll put the, we'll put the interview up with Frank Riggs there and on my page, KNSC.com and on my Facebook page. Can I start charging for this? Per download? No. What, are you going to walk out? Red for Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ralph. Better in blue. Thank you. Ralph, thanks for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Hey, good morning, Garrett. You guys cracked me up, man. So, hey, your call screener asks for my credit card. So he can charge me for calling it. See? I'm working on it. I can't give you my credit card. I'll give you my social security number. Yeah, why not? Just do that. (laughs) I'm telling you, Ryan, if there's a free meal, Ryan's there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I used to yeah, teach yeah. when I was teaching free enterprise, the Tucson Unified School District used to, back when I was a classroom teacher 40 years ago, they taught this class called free enterprise, and the state legislature had passed it in order for us social studies teachers to teach the essentials and benefits of the free enterprise system. And part of that was a compare and contrast kind of a thing of capitalism, free enterprise, with socialism and communism. So you actually taught the differences to explain them. But, but, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know what's crazy? All of a sudden, when I'm, yeah. I'm a 1968 graduate of Tucson High School. We're about to have our 50th 
high school reunion. So I am certified by the government as an old guy. But the stuff that was coming out today, talking with the guy that's running for superintendent up in, in Maricopa County, I'm just stunned. I mean, you know, I have a degree in secondary ed from the University of Arizona, but I'm stunned by the absolute lack of the requirements for history, American government. You know, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that this had all dropped off. Yeah. When I was a high school teacher 40 years ago, I've been a real estate broker now for 35 years and decided to make a career change. But when I was teaching out at Santa Rita High School, every student was required for one year of American history, one year of American problems, which was American government. It's interesting back then they called American government American problems. <laughs> and, and, they had to have, and they had to have one semester of free enterprise, which was my favorite class to teach. And so, anyhow... You know, like, you know here's, the, here's the thing. If, you, if teachers today tried to compare and contrast capitalism versus socialism and explain why it's better to be a capitalist society and be free and have free enterprise, they'd probably try to label you as a white supremacist. Right on. I hear what you're saying. You and know, it's not right. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, they actually think that Bernie Sanders has a freaking clue. I mean, it's like you just want to say, all right, kids, look at America. Look at Venezuela. I know you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that part out. You oh know? hell no, you don't. So, and then, you know what? And I didn't ask Frank this, but it's like there is such. And I got emails about this, and people saying, "I hope Frank realizes he's not naive, and he realizes that there is such a grip by the left on the education system." And the reason they've done this is because they wanted to change what you were teaching. They want people to become more dependent on the government, and they want them. Oh, and then you. you have a bunch of uh, you know libs that are slash libs slash socialist slash commies that want to push the Venezuela and the European model. That's what they want. They don't want the kids to learn what actually works. And they want to say what actually works is racist and sexist and wrong. Well, I think a lot of what, a lot of what you're talking about and what the superintendent candidate was talking about is what gave rise to the, the alternative to public education. Yeah. Really. And, yeah. I mean, the charter schools and the private schools, the Catholic school model has been there from the get-go, and it is still there. And uh, when I was growing up in this town, the only difference between going to South Point Catholic or Tucson High was you're going to be taught by some nuns and some and some men of the cloth mm-hmm. at South Point. But everybody, everybody still had rules and regulations, and if you violated them, you got you were you were kicked out. You know, and and now when you're talking about these classroom behavioral things, it is the tail's been wagging the dog for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, again, if they kick people out, they lose federal funding. Well, yeah, and, and, there's and, something wrong with that formula. Yep, and if they kick people out, then all of a sudden they have to report these things, and schools have discipline problems. They don't want that uh, that publicly known. Look what happened down in Florida when they decided yeah. to not report all the stuff, you yeah. know? Yep. Yeah. You yeah. are a thousand so, percent right, man. Well, Hey, I, carry on, Garrett. I we're, appreciate we're, it. We're listening to you. Well, thank Some, you, man. I drive around, you know, so I listen to you in the drive time in the morning. I catch 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're spread the word, and... Uh, Keep on keeping up, man. I will, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Take care, man. Bye-bye. You know, I did read really quick. This is what's crazy, okay? I want to make sure I got this right. Why why start now, right? (laughs) Why start now? Um, But I think the schools are going to be closed, what, tomorrow and Friday? But I believe... I want to say they're still going to serve... Yes, 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 here we go. This is what schools are about now. It's not about education. You ready for this? In the local paper. Amphitheater, Flowing Wells, Marana, Sunnyside, and Two Side Unified have plans 
even though they're closed tomorrow and Friday, have plans to provide free and reduced-cost breakfast and lunch for students. But beyond that, the walkout has crippled schools' ability to care for students. So schools where you're supposed to actually get a freaking education have now become a second kitchen. Yep, don't worry about us actually educating you properly, but we'll still give you free meals and reduced meals. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Really? My goodness. Pat, thank you for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Hey, Garrett, how are you? All right. Um, I generally wouldn't call into a talk show, but after hearing the guy who, uh, what, what was his name again? I apologize. Uh, Frank Riggs. Frank Riggs. After hearing him talk, I had to call in because okay. his comments about discipline were, as best I could say, naive at best. Uh, the problem, part of the problem is, even when you have school districts that care about discipline and try to do something about discipline, um, as soon as they try to kick a kid out, the parents scream, oh, we're going to sue you. The school districts have no money to fight that lawsuit, so they roll over. I know this based on for uh, a number of instances, but in particular, I know the guy that used to be the super or the school board chairman out at Diamond Bell, way west of here, okay. okay? And they tried to kick kids out, and the school board basically voted, nope, we'll leave the kids in because we can't afford to fight a lawsuit. And to me, it's a real, real simple solution. Hmm. What you do is, for the state of Arizona, would be required to have on staff, now cost more money, but you know what, if you can get discipline taken care of, in my mind, as a taxpayer, it's worth it. Some lawyers on staff that their sole job in life is to be there to assist the schools to fight these ridiculous lawsuits. So the school districts can say, you know what, we're going to take this in hand. We're going to fight them. This kid's being kicked out. That's the end of it. You fight it. We're there. We're coming back after you because your kids are disrupting the schools. You know what? Hang on a second. I, this is very interesting. What, you know, what if you have some you know, very successful lawyers that have a conservative lean toward them? volunteer their services pro bono and say i'll defend you for this because i, I like you said what 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 would stop a parent from suing and saying my kid can't get a good quality education because kids are disrupting left and right well you know what i i i agree and if my kid was in school and there was a disruptive disruption in the classroom i would consider suing but you know what i wouldn't sue the school district i would sue the parents you're, the, the, the problem nowadays, and my, my wife and I feel very strongly about education, okay? We volunteer weekly at a school here in the Flowing Walls District mm-hmm. to help kids that can't read, can't write. They're in the fifth grade. They don't know their math facts. It's absurd. And yet they keep getting passed because yeah, Flowing that, Walls that, wants to right. get their money. Well, that, that's a whole oh, other issue that I could go on for about an hour about, about a so, solution that, that I have to that. But that's, it's not really my solution. It's the way it used to be in schools. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't you don't know the stuff. You don't pass. Period. Yeah. And it's considered to be racist, which is absurd. It's racist that you're assuming kids can't learn this stuff. They can learn it. It's ridiculous. I see it every week when we help tutor these kids. They can learn it, but you know, it'll be considered racist if you if you say hold a kid back. But I would say that if a kid can't do. C level at that grade level in four really fundamental things, which is reading, reading comprehension, math, and spelling. They don't get moved on. Period. 
That's the end of the story. They get held back. And you know what? I would bet 90% of those kids, if they were faced with that prospect and knew it at the beginning of the year and their parents knew it, would pass at a C level. You know what? I remember going, you know, again, I'm 41, but kids got left back when I was going to school. And that was like the biggest fear ever. So it motivated you. You you didn't want to be the kid that was left back, you know? And, and it's like nowadays you can't hurt people's feelings, but that's just the way it is. And, you know, I wonder, I, I feel bad for teachers because it all comes down to funding. And I get it. There's no real good way to say a school deserves money or doesn't deserve money. And they get rewarded with more kids passing. But then that skews the way they grade kids and judge them. And kids that normally would fail are pushed through because schools, you know, the administrators are a bunch of dirtbags that just want the money. And it's really a disservice to what they're doing in educating kids. And I'm wondering... You well, know, would, they, would, hang on, would teachers stand up? Would they, you know, I, I can't really tell the teacher, the teacher will do their best to try to get parents involved, but that's where principals need to come in and call the parents and have meetings and say, you need to have your kid do a better job. But you know what? When parents, I, I mean, I, we, we talk to these teachers on a weekly basis about those exact kind of things. Yeah. Parents just say, not my problem. He's in school. He's your problem. I don't want to hear it. Don't call me. I mean, the, the things you hear out of parents nowadays, when I was a yeah. kid, when I was a kid, and I'm an old fart, I'm retired. When I was a kid, if you wanted to go to a PTA meeting, you had to get there an hour early, else you'd be walking, because every parent and their brother was at the PTA yep. meeting. Now they don't care. Now, now you can park by the front door. You know, it's, it's, you can have the best, best paid and best teachers in the world, but if the kids are not willing to learn because their parents aren't behind them, you're not going to get them educated. And that's the reality. You've got to force the parents to get involved. And, and, make, and I mean force it. Nowadays, you can't voluntarily do it. And the way you force them, in my opinion, is say, look, we don't want to do this, but your kid's going to be held back if he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then the only problem is that, again, the principals don't want to do that because then they get less money. Nah, yeah, but guess what? If I agree. It, if, if I agree state, with you. If the state requires it and it's a state test, Take it out of the hands of the school, period. Mm. And the well, only thing you have to worry about is people uh, falsifying the test. Well, I think, I think what you have to do is shame the damn parents. You know, it has to come from, you know, elected leaders, the stupid mayor. It's got to come from the principal. It's got, you've got to do a better job. Your kid is not going to make it in life. And don't put this crap on a Like, you have to get tough. And, well, and, you know, I, I was listening to a program on this station, I believe it was, where... They unfortunately, unfortunately, it was um, taped delay or it was taped, so I couldn't call in because I immediately ran for the phone. Some PhD from the University of Arizona was talking about how he felt it was mean spirited to hold the kid back. Oh, well, geez. you know what? I think it's a lot more mean spirited for a kid to graduate from high school who can't read, write, and do math. To me, that's much more mean spirited than holding the kid back in the third grade. I, I'm sorry, I just think that, and, and I honestly believe, like you said, no one wants to be held back if they were faced with that prospect, period. And we're not talking, I was trying to tutor a kid with the Ames test back a few years ago that needed some help. Mm-hmm. I was dumbfounded what's on there, what was on there. I, it's not the basics, it's, you know, and, and, and I'm all for what the teachers say, well, we want to teach them to think, we want them to teach to problem solve. Problem is, the kids who can't read, write, do math, or, you know what I mean, and can't spell, that's the least of their problems. They can't worry about problem solving. We need to get them up to grade level first. You're right. Listen, man, great call. I really okay. appreciate it. Thank you for your insight and your opinion. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. 923, we'll continue. 880-KNST.
888-560-5678. More of your calls coming up. Uh, and also more about, uh, again, this, uh, this nut job that is leading the way. And I still get emails and messages from teachers. You don't understand. What do we have to do? I thought it was a great point by, by uh, Frank. Listen, the way our government works, the governor asks for something and the legislature has to figure out ways to fund it. And you can't get that in two freaking days. You're three weeks from school being over. And these tool bags, these te- that's what you, I'm sorry, teachers, you are. You're walking out right now, leaving the kids in a lurch, leaving parents in a lurch. When you could actually, you, you know what happens, the budget is not due till June 30th in the state of Arizona. Give the, the governor said he wants to give you a raise. You don't trust him, fine, don't trust him. You got to give the legislature more than three days or a week to figure out how to fund it. Give it this summer. If it doesn't work out, don't show up at the beginning of school year next year. There's, it's more to it. It's more to it. We'll continue. Uh, 924, Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis. I know a lot of people like that, and it's Garrett Lewis here. Uh, but until Alexa listens when I say, make me a sandwich, and it happens, I think uh, I think work still needs to be done. To change it to the guy voice, maybe he'll make you a sandwich. Alex. Probably. Alex, make we're me a sandwich. We're suckers. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> All right, it's going to be sunny and about uh, 94 today. Well, partly cloudy. There could be some clouds. Whatever. It's sunny outside. 79 right now. Let's go to Annie real quick. Annie, welcome to KNST. Hi. Hey, Garrett. Um, I called earlier this morning before you had your guest on. Okay. And I had caught on the news that um, they said 60% of the students are on paid lunches. Mm-hmm. And wow. so if 60% of, this, of people are poor, then why are they asking for raises? We can't afford it. You can't afford to keep taxing people. So then I went and did some research, mm. and I found a New York Times article that was from January 16, 2015, that said that the Agriculture Department allows schools with majority of low-income students to offer free lunches to all, whether they qualify or not. So there's a lot of money coming in from the federal government. And they've got to keep it going. And now yeah. you know why the lunches are going to be offered. Yep. Because they get money from the feds. They're getting money you know, from the feds. You know, this This is what is this really? Because they'll try to say this is just nice and the right thing to do. But what this yeah. is, this just caused more government dependence. That's exactly. all it well, is. Government dependence, and yeah. then you got parents that don't need to take advantage of it. And it's a lot of money for food. Oh, my God. Yeah. But again, look, parents don't like, like the last caller said, parents say, it's not my kid's problem. The kid can't read. That's your problem. You send him to school. What's the deal? And then, not my problem. The kid's hungry. I send him to school. He gets fed. Parents apparently aren't supposed to do anything anymore in certain areas. Well, and that and the fact that how many were eating the lunches that Michelle Obama planned? Oh, Give God, yeah. And yeah, they threw all that they crap out. It was, but, but it's it's all there. Again, this is where they have to say, hey, parents, step up. Do your job. I guarantee you in some of these, in some of these households where they, they can't afford to or they just don't want to because they expand what the definition of poor is. I guarantee these people can afford to give their kids two bucks to go eat food or, or go get a loaf of bread and some cold cuts and give your kid... Give your kids some freaking food for lunch, right? But they don't want to do it. And I guarantee these same households have big screen TVs, Xbox, Internet. PlayStation, nice yeah, iPhones. I guarantee they have it all. They have oh, it yeah. all. But, you know, part of the problem, too, and this is make, what makes me mad, is I'm sitting here. My husband's retired. We've never had kids. I do not mind paying for legal kids. But we are, mm-hmm. we are bringing people up from the border. And we're we're putting them into Tucson Unified. They're busing them back and forth. That costs a ton of money. 
I don't think it's fair. I don't think we have to, and plus indoctrination. So there's two things going on, and everything's about raising taxes. Even if for the roads, let's mm-hmm. raise taxes, raise yep. taxes. It's getting to the point where you can't afford anything. And aren't we not the sixth poorest in the country here in Tucson? Uh, we were, and we were as of a few years ago, and it hasn't gotten any better, I'll tell you that. What, are we first now? Probably probably <laughs> third, probably, who knows. But yeah, we yeah, were the sixth knows, poorest. But we were the it's sixth frustrating poorest. because everything's about raising taxes. Raising yep. th- no, start managing your money. You manage your money, and by the way, look what happens when you lower taxes. Look what happened when Trump did that. Look at businesses exactly. boom. I know, I know. Exactly. It's crazy. Anyway, thank you. I'd share. Well, thank you for sharing, and I appreciate you listening. Take care. Thank you. You got it. Bye-bye. 880-KNST, 880-5678. It just creates dependency over and over and over again, and people take advantage of the system, and like enough is enough, and she's right again. I can't say it enough about the, the illegals. Uh, my buddy, his wife, at a class last year, 27 kids. Some couldn't speak English. I mean, it was breaking her heart. They didn't have shoes, some of them. She couldn't, she'd call contact information. Nobody would answer. She didn't know who they were living with. Trump gets elected. Magically, her class shrinks from 27 to, I believe, 13. And she can teach the kids there. They want to learn. The other kids couldn't speak English. They're holding the other kids back. I mean, there's a lot here. But you know what? You get these stupid, moronic, you know, whether it's Trujillo or the last superintendent of TUSD or the Amphi superintendent or Sunnyside, they don't care because the more kids in seats, the more money they get. And that's just a damn shame. They're not real educators, and they should feel ashamed. They should feel ashamed. They're, 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 they're just taking advantage of the system, and they're not, you're not producing smart people for the better of the country. You're not doing it. You're a joke. And again, all these teachers walking out, you're a freaking joke, too. You all, I've had it. I've absolutely had it. We'll continue coming up in five. Here's the news. Man, this has flown by, huh? Three things I think you need to know. Garrett Lewis with you, by the way. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Uh, number one, all major greater Tucson school districts closed tomorrow and Friday because the Red for Red movement led by a, uh, a wacko progressive, uh, I mean, basically like a commie, uh, they're closing down. They're, the teachers are on strike. They're not walking out. They're on strike. Second thing that I think you need to know, the guy that's leading it, like I said, Noah Carvelis, he's the face of it, does the interviews. He's out there getting them together. He's so excited. He's a music teacher from the Tolleson area, right, from the Tolleson area. I have the story on my Facebook page. The guy after the uh, school shooting in Parkland said uh, to teachers, you need to, he tweeted, emphasize gun control, emphasize toxic slash violent masculinity, emphasize whiteness slash white supremacy. We have to face uncomfortable topics to stop this. So, yes, it was whiteness and white masculinity and, and yeah, toxic masculinity and white supremacy that made this happen. He tweeted out, teaching is political and silence is complicity. The guy's nuts. And he's leading your movement, teachers. This is what you're following. I am judging. Third thing I think you need to know. Stop egging me on. Third thing is that uh, Debbie Lesko won the uh, special election up in the Valley, in the West Valley. She won the election, the Republican, despite the media saying, oh, this could go Democrat, and it really means Trump is done. Done. Uh Uh-huh, right. She won pretty easily. Three things I think you need to know. Again, the story about Noah Carvelis on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gary Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. I did some uh, Facebook Live during the show. I'll be doing it again. At Gary Lewis on Twitter, I tweeted it out as well. I'll retweet it because I think it's really good. Uh, let's go to uh, James first. James been waiting. Welcome to KNST. What's up, man? Uh, morning, Garrett. It's been a good show. You've covered a multitude of uh, issues. I'd like to focus in on the administration and discipline issue. Focus. 
Okay, it's simple, Garrett. When the student, the problem child is sent to administration, they have a multitude of ways of dealing with that child. And that can be individualized down to what the principal wants. Hmm. That's where it goes, and that's why administration is taking the responsibility upon themselves. Mm-hmm. And when they tell you, well, administration's going, like when you brought up the ins- issue of the principal, they said, well, this is going to be handled by administration. It's a disciplinary issue. All that is is a wall put up because what they have is a multitude of ways of doing it. They just don't know which way they're going to address the, that principal, or they don't want to make it public. But it would be public because if the principal or teacher was terminated, that would come out in the termination. Hmm. So this, it's private issue. No, 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 that's a facade. That's not true either. They're not telling you. What they're doing is they're, they're, they're deflecting or causing you to have a little tunnel vision so you don't step back and look at the whole thing. Well, you know, that's why, look, I think Frank's a smart guy. I think he'd be a good, um, a good spokesperson, a good leader to try to influence getting education back on track, but at the end of the day, and he could influence the legislature, but at the end of the day, it comes down to local, you know, and, and, it, and it's the local school board. And parents need to get involved and fire by not electing the school board members that are too wussified to have discipline problems solved, to have good policies. Uh, it's, it's the local school board that creates all the policies, so you need to get involved, and you need to fire these freaking people if they're an absolute failure. And let's face it, the TUSD board has it's been an absolute failure. failure. You know, they still can't come up with anything. You have that whack new Rachel Sedgwick. I mean, she's living on planet Mars, for God's sakes, and she can't come up with an idea of what to do if a kid is acting bad in class. You know what? You know what you do? You have a freaking room with a teacher in there or some kind of or, – or, or just an, uh, an employee – and if a kid is that unruly, you stick him in that. You do in-school suspension. You get him out of the way so the other kids can actually learn. And you call the parents. And you don't worry about ex- if you have to expel the kid, you expel the kid. I know you lose federal funding, but you got to get the kids educated. And these other kids get in the way, and it stops the teacher from doing their damn job, and it kills morale. And then you still have these, you know, Adelita Grahalva and these nut jobs and the Crystal Fosters of the world that are on the school board that just get in the way because, well, they have their agenda. Yeah, they have their, their agenda. Uh, aspirations. I know. And that's what it comes down to. It's a scheme more than anything else, Garrett. When you hear a lot of these politicians and you hear the bureaucrats, your administrators, Mm. that's what they are, bureaucrats, Mm -hmm. a lot of the language they use is to deflect or to to stop you and hope you simply just go away. That's the first tactic they want, to Mm -hmm. stall and stop you. So you'll go away. And a lot of it works. With them... When they hear us complaining, they want to know the resolution. They don't want just a complaint. They want the resolution to the complaint, something they can work off of. Then they take it and they go take it through the bureaucracies, such as in your school bureaucracies. There will be risk management. There will be the, the, the political aspect as far as the attorneys and everyone else that have their say in the matter. And then out of that, they'll formulate their opinion and that's what it comes down to because they know that they're going to be open at one angle or another you're right and listen i appreciate the phone call look at the end of the day being on the school board it's easy for us to complain and it's a difficult job and it's made to encompass your life because they don't want good people that don't have a lot of time that have jobs and kids and everything else they don't want good people to have to put in the effort and the other side is dedicated in putting in the effort
And I guess it just needs to change. It needs to change. Thank you. Bill, welcome to KNST. Hi, Bill. Oh, is the phone is the phone up, Brian? Hang on. Bill, welcome to KNST. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you now. What's up, man? Uh, I was a teacher for uh, 37 years in District 1. Okay. And uh, things were a little bit different then, but uh, this business with the strike, they had something happen in the 70s, and the talk was terrible in the school. And uh, they were getting ready at the end of the year, thinking about the next year. And I asked them, um, well, since we're on contract, we should be there. Uh, what would they do? To, how would they, far would they go to stop somebody? And there was some very angry attitudes. And um, I thought, you know, I'm going to show up. I would probably be as stubborn about showing up as they were and trying to keep me. That that presents a real problem. So wait a second. So you, when you were a teacher back in the day, they were talking about going on strike, and you were yeah. trying to figure out if you showed up for work, what would they do to you? Uh, I asked them straight up at lunch, some of them, and they were so adamant. They were so aggressive, and I thought, uh, well, where am I going to park, and how am I going to get there, and don't mess with me. If I want to go in, I want to go in. Don't try to stop me. Mm-hmm. You can you want. I'll do what I want. But there are people still today that don't talk to each other over that. Wow. And that was in the 70s. And it, it doesn't seem to be fruitful. Also, the students don't get the right uh, idea here. They get the idea they can go out too. And all we do is snowball a problem. You're right. You know, because now, you know, students are going to see the teachers. If they don't get their way, you know what? I'll be like the teacher. I don't, if I don't get my way, I'm not going to show up either. That's a great point. <laughs> I'm just going to, it's just like learning from your parents. They're learning from the teachers. Yeah. And they go right straight down into a hole. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a discipline problem in my world. Um, I did have a, a student teacher once, and I asked them how they were, how they viewed teaching. What, what, was, what were they trying to do? And they used their hands, and they explained that they were going to take the kids on the bottom and get them up to the kids on the top. And I said, well, I disagree completely. I teach from the top down. I want to keep the smart kids smarter and pull everybody up from the bottom. Exactly. Everybody advances. And they hadn't thought about that. Exactly. You but know, that's, that's like when you play sports, you generally play down to the competition. You don't want to do that. You want to play the best of the best. I coached for 35 years. I know exactly what you're saying. So you know what it is. So what would you do to these teachers, by the way? Say again? What would you do to these teachers that are striking, right, that are going to be striking tomorrow and Friday? I don't have any time for them. Would you fire them? Absolutely impatient. Well, if they voided their contract by doing this, and I don't know what's in the current contract. Oh, they are. They're avoiding it. It is illegal for them to strike in the state of Arizona. They, they are avoiding it. I just simply find somebody else. You know, if I were in the school, um, I would take two or three classes of my subject Together, that'd be all right. We'd find a room and just go on. I know they're short of teachers all the time now. Apparently, they're short of teachers before they even get the school started. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a recommendation on what's going on by itself. Yeah. Okay. It was a wonderful thing for me in my time, and I was in wonderful departments doing really, really an enjoyable time. Uh, my suggestion was that the teachers can control a lot of this, but it is true that at the end of, by 2005 to 10, the parents, let's go backwards, 
when I started, they had the 60s problem in society, the 68-9 problem. When I started in 69, I had some students who became parents during the 60s, so they had a certain attitude about the free, free life. Mm-hmm. And when I finished, I had their kids. And then, so the parents over 30 years changed. They changed a lot. They became what they were when they were younger, and their kids became free to think completely different, and uh, most of that was lack of respect for authority. Yeah, you're right. And it, went, it just keeps going, and I just uh, it's a shame, and I talk to a retired teacher friend of mine all the time, and I say, you know, I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah, and thank you for the phone call. Listen, again, when I was in kindergarten, Mrs. Gerson duct taped Stephen to a chair, and Stephen's mom came in and thanked her for doing it. And that was 1982. We'll continue. It's KNST.